What's up, motherfuckers? Welcome to another episode of Outside Perspective. I'm your host, Adam Meredith. If this is your first time joining, welcome. So glad to have you. Every week, I'm just sitting down with interesting people, trying to gain some perspective. So I appreciate you guys joining along for the ride. If you are not new to the show, welcome back. Always a pleasure to have you. I love you. Couldn't do this shit without you. You're the real motherfucking MVP. We have an awesome guest for you today before i get to my guest though big thank you goes out to imposed will go to imposedwill.com check out their full line of apparel they are also producing the apparel for the show and in fact you can save 10 percent when you use the code outside at checkout so go to imposedwill.com use the code outside at checkout you'll save 10 percent and you can go get exclusive outside perspective podcast gear there only so imposedwill.com use the code outside at checkout you'll be happy that you did motherfuckers my guest today i am sitting down with a young up-and-coming stand-up comic i uh i went to a local open mic the other day a couple weeks ago now and I saw this dude, and he had a really good set. I thought he was super funny. I thought he had great energy. He just seemed like a very cool dude, and I wanted to connect with him. So I reached out to him, and we were able to make this happen. So I'm pretty pumped. Uh, this was a really fun conversation. I'm sitting down with Andrew Gaffigan. Again, just first of all, his name, I love it. I'm a big fan of Jim Gaffigan. So whenever I heard Gaffigan, that name stuck out to me. He's not related, but the name stuck out to me. Uh, I saw him at this open mic. He was really funny. Reached out to him. Uh, we talk about comedy. We actually end up touching on some mental health and aliens and all these just different things. We're all over the place with this conversation. So this was a really fun one. Without any further rambling, let's gain some perspective with Andrew Gaffigan. Andrew Gaffigan. I like your last name. Thank when, you. When I hear Gaffigan, I just I don't know if it's a good or bad thing for you since you're in the you know, the comedy space, but Jim Gaffigan, are you familiar with him? The, oh yeah, the, of course. The comedian. You might not, bro. You <laughs> might not be, dude. He was actually the uh the first comedian I ever watched. Oh really? Yeah. Uh my I was like six years old and my dad uh called me in the living room and was like, Hey, this guy has our last name. Oh, I, I fell in love with him. Like, really? Yeah, I watched Beyond the Pale and King Baby like every day for a long time. I like his style of comedy. It's very unique. Um, he does that little that little voice where he's imitating the crowd or what people are thinking. It's a good style of comedy. I like it a lot. It is. He, uh, like by his like fifth special, I was watching it trying to like dissect it. Yeah. He was. He does like two, three tags, and then he'll do a voice, two, three tags, and then he'll do a new voice, mm. and he'll just have these characters built in now. Yeah. And I think it's so cool. He'll have like a dumb mobster voice, and then he'll have a audience voice. Yeah. It's. I just. That's something that no one else, like. I think he. I don't know. I'm talking too heavy already. No, dude. I, I think it's good. This I like it. it. So you look at you when you watch comedy. You probably watch it way different than in the beginning, but then just the average consumer. You're probably looking at it differently. 
Yeah, I pay attention like line to line what they say. Yeah. Uh, I I try to pick out the structure like mentally. Right. That makes sense because you're studying it, right? So I fought for a very long time. And just with sports and athletics, did you, did you do sports growing up or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, not great, but yeah, I did them. But usually in general with sports comes along kind of like watching film, whether it's you're just watching yourself play your last game or whatever the case may be you kind of pick apart what you did right or did wrong at least that's what has been my experience so i would probably think you would that would translate like that same thing would translate into comedy you know what i mean yeah you just you just pick it apart for the structure that i mean that's a big thing of watching your own game film yeah yeah you like every bad open mic you do you got to go back and watch it yeah how long have you been doing comedy? Uh, two years and um, uh, one month now. Two years and one month? Yeah. What made you like actually, you know, take the plunge, if you will? Oh, actually. <laughs> so I've always wanted to do it. Okay. But uh, I was at work one day and one of my coworkers, I'm, I'm sorry to all my comedy <laughs> friends, uh, but he said, uh, I was at the Helium open mic. Uh-huh. I'm funnier than most of those people. <laughs> I could do it. He and, said that or yeah, you said that? He said that. Okay. And I was like. Like if he's talking shit, I'll I'll go do it, and then I went and did it the next week. Yeah, and it went well. No, no. <laughs> How'd it go? Dude, How bad? Okay, tell so, me about it. <laughs> uh, I got up on. I like didn't even want to do the set for one. Okay. Uh, I just scribbled down some shit at work that day, brought it up that night. Really bad mistake. Yeah. Uh, one dude was nice to me. One of the other comics on the show. Yeah. So I did my whole set. Like, here's the front of the stage. I looked directly at him the entire time or down at the floor. Yeah. And I got one laugh. <laughs> one. I've never done the joke again. I think it's still a funny joke. Okay. What was the joke? I was about being in a public pool, and I saw this guy, and he had, like, pierced nipples, <laughs> skinny, covered in tats. Yeah. And I was like, you take one look at this guy, and you can tell all you need to know about him. He can do a mean backflip. <laughs> that is funny, bro. Man, It's there's just something about... And I've never stepped on stage, but at, like as I was watching the open mic at, at Big Daddy Soulard the other day, which is where I saw you, you can you can just there's there's just something about I mean obviously stage presence, but just just the cadence and delivery go a long way, and I'm sure it takes a while to develop that. Yeah, uh, you had a pretty good stage presence. Obviously, you're still very much in the beginning of your your journey, right? Yeah, two years is. I, I mean, mean, I'm just at a baby phase. Yeah, I you're guess. just figuring shit out still. Yeah. Yeah, dude. What so w- when when you when you watch other comics and you're trying to figure out, you know, like what like how can you get better? What what sticks out to you? You know what I mean? Like what what sticks out as a good comic to you? Uh staying in the pocket is one of the things I've been working on really hard. Oh, what does that mean? Uh staying in the character. Oh. Uh keeping on track with your bits and not like going off on some weird tangent with an audience member. Yeah. Uh, it's just always, cause you always can, you always have your jokes and to divert off the path is a risk in itself. Right. Uh, do you, you do that? Have you done that? Did it turn out? Well, there's a lot of questions all at once. It is. It, it's a, <laughs> it's a toss up. You better hope you're funny off the top. Yeah. Uh, I've had good ones and I've had really like I've lost rooms really? trying to do crowd work. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to. Th- uh, I did. Oh, I was. Uh, I'd worked on this one joke for like two months mm-hmm. and I was like at my fucking wits end with it. Brought it on stage, opened with it, bombs, 
And then I just was like, you know what, guys? I'm sorry. Fuck that joke. And I just started <laughs> yelling at the audience. Really? Yeah. And it was a huge mistake, but I was real ticked off with that joke. It happens, dude. If It's all a fucking process, dude. I can only imagine just the feeling of just standing there and this no, just nobody laughs. Nobody laughs. Like, in your mind, because here's the thing. I think I'm a pretty funny guy. I don't know if I'm a stand-up comic funny, but I feel like I'm a pretty funny guy. And then if if, if I ever... I'll be by myself and I'll be talking to myself and I'll just, I'll just act like I'm going to be throwing out a joke out there. I'm like, oh, the way I said that was terrible. Nobody would ever, <laughs> nobody would ever laugh at that. It's way funnier in my head because the cadence and everything sounds perfect in your head. And then you say it out loud and it's just like, nah, bro. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm glad I've gotten past that where I can be at a bar mic and no one's laughing and I do not care. Right. It's just, that's just what's going to happen at bar mics. Yeah. So yeah, uh, no laughter is not really an issue all the time. It just is what it is. It is what it is sometimes. If there's seven people in a room uh, and five of them are comics. Yeah. All right. Well, take what you can get out of that set. Yeah. What's what? So what is the life of an open mic comic like? Like, what's your life like right now, bro? Oh, dude. So it's summer. Uh, I'm I'm a student during the year. But, okay. Uh, do you go to SIUE? I do. All right. Uh. So I uh, I work during the days, uh, come home, you get like all your eating done, your writing done, yeah, whatever you got to do, and then I'm out of the house by usually six o'clock is when I leave for whatever show is that night. Okay, is there shit almost every night? Every night, you there's something to do. Okay, so you spend a lot of time just driving around between spots, dude. Uh, yeah, if like if there's like a night where it's like you hit two or three mics, yeah, that's really fun. Yeah, because you get a. Uh, you get so you get that warm up set. You're hanging out with all your friends all night. It goes till like midnight most of the time. Okay. So, dude, it's fun. It's like five six hours of hanging out. Yeah. And twelve minutes of doing comedy, but right. as long as you put in the work, it's a party. Right. Are you a drinker? Do you drink? Does it does that help you do the comedy? Uh, it it doesn't help with the comedy. I just like to drink. <laughs> <laughs> you're like I'm just there for a good time. <laughs> Dang, dude. Yeah, I can um. Again, this is just all from just kind of being a fan and from the outside looking in into the comedy scene. But it is like stand up comedy is a fucking grind, bro. Like it's not it's not for everybody. Yeah, dude. Like I liked that uh that Andrew Schultz special where he uh took you like one night in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh I wish we could do that. He's That's killing cool. it right now, dude. Oh dude, he's so good. He uh he really took advantage of the pandemic. Yeah. In a yeah. way that a lot of people didn't. He did a really good job. From my understanding, he just heavily invested in, in like setting up his own little studio and then just was producing content the way he wanted to. Yeah, and uh, I mean, he works with a full team now. He yeah. has like four writers that he works with. That's legit. Yeah, it's really cool. And he's preaching collaboration, which is uh, what the, the elders in the St. Louis scene have been preaching is collaboration between all of us open micers. Mm-hmm. And we've started to take steps to do that. And we've been making groups and stuff to write jokes. Yeah. It's really fun. Who are the elders in the St. Louis comedy scene? Oh, man. Anyone who's been doing it like more than eight years. Okay. Uh, like Chad Wallace is one. Uh, JC Sabala. Mm-hmm. Rafe Williams. Bobby yeah. Jaycock. All the elders. Yeah. You named some really funny dudes. Yeah. Elders as in uh, comedy years, not in yeah real age. No, I get you. Yeah, I mean, they've been on the scene for a while. You know, so do you have like a comedy mentor? Uh, I I don't I wouldn't have any specific names, but everyone is giving advice to everyone basically. That's cool. It, it dude, it's a 
St. Louis is a really nice place to do comedy at. Everyone is nice. <laughs> really? Least. Yeah, everyone's nice. Because, I mean, not every industry or every scene will, is like that for sure. You know what I mean? You're going to find assholes in, in any industry, in any city. So to hear that you've your experience has been pretty positive is probably encouraging for anybody else who's listening who might want to get into comedy. Definitely, yeah. Uh, yeah, show up, do open mics. Yeah. No one will talk to you your first couple times, but, like, <laughs> show up and have fun. Yeah. What's what's your what's your process like for whenever you're making jokes? Um Well, you you get the idea. Like it yeah. just I don't know what happens, but it'll just click and you're like, "Oh, that's something at least." Yeah. Uh so I'll jot that down and then usually the next day I'll uh, I'll start taking it apart, try to find like what the essence of the joke is going to be where it can be like this joke is about I hate my roommate and I want to get back at him or like whatever that Mm. would be. And then you can just make tags for it. I don't know. Dude, jokes are so hard. I don't think, (laughs) I don't think I've written a joke the same way. Like the process is different every time. You just, whatever kind of comes to you and you're just trying to find the joke from there. Yeah, dude, it's a lot of just throwing shit at the wall. <laughs> just whatever sticks. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, everything I take on stage I think is funny, and everything I keep is what the audience think is funny. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because if, if no one's laughing, then what's it matter? Yeah, unless unless you can do... Or does it? Maybe the, com- <laughs> maybe the audience doesn't know shit, bro. No, they don't. But <laughs> no. no, dude, uh, I have a couple jokes that I do purely for me. Yeah. I, I got some jokes about, like, Arizona tea. Uh, <laughs> I wrote one joke. Uh, I wanted to have the punchline monkey business, so I just wrote a joke. Right <laughs> so you could just say monkey business? <laughs> yeah, dude. It's a fun <laughs> thing to say. I don't Hey, listen. I'm not mad at that. You got to find the humor in it for yourself. Yeah, dude. Not everything's for the album. Right. This hypothetical album that, that I That you're working to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything, it's all going on the album, bro. <laughs> dude, I have a friend who, um, he's an actor, and- Everything that he does, he's for the past six years, he's been talking about this movie reel. I've yet to see the reel, but he's been putting together this, this hypothetical reel for like 10 years. Yeah, dude, you can't, uh, you gotta make something before you can talk about it, I think. Yeah, it, uh, I hear a lot of people say, like, I'm gonna start like working out, and then they never work out. Yeah, it's, just do the thing, dude. I'll, I'll see when you do it. Yeah, yeah, like that's true. That's true. I always hate when people tell me what they're going to do. I would rather just them do it. Yeah. Also, someone saying what they're going to do, it's kind of just a waste of speaking. Yeah. Because you're not adding anything, really. No. You just want no. me to go, oh, that's good for you. Yeah. You're probably just trying to convince yourself. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, I read on a Twitter meme that uh, saying you're going to do something gives you the same rush of endorphins as actually doing it. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. But, I know when you publicly profess things, it um, it creates a sense of obligation because now you have this outside pressure to do things. So there is that. Ooh, yeah. Oh, who's that important where I'm just like, hey, remember you said you were starting a podcast? And you, where is it? <laughs> <laughs> that you're going to go remind them? Yeah, I'd never do uh, that. No, I would never remind them either. But I know for me sometimes, for example, if – if I put it out there in in the social sphere, sphere, or if I just tell somebody, then I feel out, like I know in the grand scheme nobody really gives a fuck. Like no, like like who who over here is over here just be like, hey, is Adam really doing the thing he said he's gonna be doing? Probably not. But I'm like, all right, I, t- I said I'm gonna do it. 
Somebody out there is watching. And sometimes I feel like you'd be surprised who's actually paying attention to what you do and don't do. Dude, yeah, I don't know who's following. I mean, I, I'll throw shit on Twitter, but, like, I don't know who's actually seeing that. Right. You just don't know. Yeah. I mean, oh, I've I've had to tell this story a couple times in the last few days. Uh, but I uh, I posted something on Twitter when I was in high school. I'm changing the subject completely. I'm sorry. Go but, for uh, it, bro. Go for it. This is your world. <laughs> so uh, in uh, my high school, there was a graphics designs class. And the teacher assigned everyone to do uh, a fake magazine cover. And there was this one kid who's like big shtick was like, ah, suicide. I'll kill myself. Like that was a huge bit a couple of years ago. Yeah. And he makes his magazine called Suicide Monthly with his face on it. Oh, shit. It's like 10 ways to tie a noose. (laughs) (laughs) So the teacher prints out all of these magazines covers, hangs them on the wall, including this one. I thought it was funny. So I took a picture of it. Yeah. Asked him if I could put it on my Twitter. And he said, yeah. I posted it. And a bunch of people thought I had made it, like telling him to kill himself. Oh, shit. Yeah, and uh, the next day I got to school, and someone came up to me, and they were like, hey, uh, the cops are here and talking about you. (laughs) (laughs) The funny thing is, that got past the teacher. Yeah, he put it up. He allowed that. So there's a he who, (laughs) the teacher was a he? Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. No woman teacher is going to allow that. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to be like, listen, Billy, um, we have some signs here. We should probably call your parents. The dude's like, he's just fucking around. Definitely. Yeah, that that teacher was a silly goose. Yeah. For sure. (laughs) Holy shit. Dude, you know, they take that shit way more serious these days. Dude. I'm surprised. I mean, you said it was in high school for you, right? Yeah. How many years ago? uh, This was my junior year four years ago. Yeah, four years ago, right? So they don't. I played basketball in middle school, and you run you run what's called a suicide, where you like go back and forth, you touch lines. You know what suicide yeah, is? Yeah, suicide. Okay, cool. Yeah. They don't even call them suicides anymore, from my understanding. They call them finishers or some shit like that. Ooh, they changed it to killers for us. Okay, either way, because suicide has a negative connotation. So yeah. the idea that a teacher let that fly is hilarious, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe that. He, I mean, he, I liked him as a teacher. Uh, we didn't get along by the end, I think, but yeah. he was cool. Yeah, but the cops came and talked to you about that? No, I got uh, called down to the guidance counselor's office where uh, my principal and her were there. Yeah. And they gave me a talking to. Uh, and then my principal uh, actually said something like very personal to me, mm-hmm. like out of line. And I, I just had to leave the school. Really? But yeah, it was like... Yeah, he like hit me like he like hit me with like a left hook of like emotion, oh. and I got angry and left. Like he was being a dickhead to you. He was he... being a dick. because oh. I I was a shithead. Well, dude, what kid isn't a shithead? What every kid's a shithead, but there are shitheads to a higher degree. I agree. I held myself proud as a shithead. Okay, okay, you made shitheads proud, huh? Yeah, dude, I went out of my way to piss off the administration. <laughs> Why were you so difficult? You think? Made it more fun. Yeah, just entertaining for yourself. Yeah, just do it for the bit. <laughs> Anything to get the laugh. Yeah. Dude, man, here's the thing. I I think about that because, so my son, he's 13. I was, an, I was a dumbass kid. I had my son whenever I was 20 years old. Not a smart kid. So imagine you with a one-year-old. Fucking crazy, bro, right? Fuck no, dude. Dude, I was a mature kid, but not a smart move. Either way, I think about that. And, dude, you know, your brain isn't fully developed until you're, like, 25. Yeah. So just the idea of a whole bunch of just narcissistic 
just assholes running around in a building confined to the space and you only have like x amount of adults to these this massive group of narcissists i can only imagine the chaos that's being committed but man it's just a wild time dude just a whole bunch of people with undeveloped fucking brains that we just hold to a high standard dude uh i actually i work at a summer camp right now and that is what happens <laughs> it's crazy yeah i my ego is just as big as the kids is too <laughs> so i i got in trouble today i'm gonna get in trouble tomorrow really yeah uh so this girl just got braces and uh i was i had to walk her to go brush her teeth and on the way back i was like hey before we go i gotta stop at the nurse's station and she said, why? And I said, I got to drop you off for that busted mouth. <laughs> oh, shit. Dude, she was. And then I told three other counselors in front of her, and they all laughed at her, too. <laughs> I, she was on the verge of tears, and I had to let her kick me four times, and I had to give her candy. That's hilarious. The idea that you guys are the adults is what's funny. I, dude, someone <laughs> deems me responsible. It's hilarious. <laughs> It's it's just a bunch of drunk college <coughs> kids working there. That's it, dude. Like, and I don't mean that to like in a, an offensive way to any of the college kids working there. I just no. know whenever I was a college kid, <laughs> you feel like you're an adult. You're like, oh man, I'm fucking grown, man. I'm totally grown. I know what the fuck's going on. You don't. You don't. Yeah. You, you really don't. You think you do, but you don't. It's all perspective. Does anyone actually know what's going on? Nobody never does ever. That's the thing. That's the real illusion. Nobody knows what the fuck is going on. We're all just out here pretending, just figuring out as we're going. Yeah, dude. I have I had people like I looked up to them. I still look up to them, but like more so then. Yeah. Uh, I was like, they got it all figured out, and I become better friends with them. Yeah. They have no clue. No. They just are a little bit better at it. That's true, dude. The more people, I've been very fortunate with some of the guests that I've had on the show. And the more people that I meet and just sit down and just have a conversation with, you just realize how many people don't have it figured out and how many people are just fucking pretending. It blows me away. It blows me. And then how much how much value we put in things such as how many followers you have on Twitter or Instagram or wherever the case may be, when that really doesn't paint a clear depiction of who the person is. Yeah, you can have millions of Twitter followers and still be a stupid hack. Yeah, like, or they could all be fake. Oh, there's a girl at my college who does that. She Well, she had to drop out. She had DUI and lost her license. Oh. But this girl, uh, she bought like 13,000 Instagram followers, and then uh, she does like uh, thirst trap TikToks. Oh, yeah. And all that. But she has a lot of followers and no substance. Dude, well, you can usually tell how much engagement are they getting. Like, are people actually commenting? Are people actually liking? Dude, she had, like, over a million likes on TikTok. That's legit. She had some fucking bazongas on her. (laughs) It's so much easier when you're a woman. To just get views. To get that is it. That's it. <laughs> to get views. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. Yeah, to get views. It's just so much easier. It's just like you just put your tits up there, your ass, and you're just looking pretty and do dumbasses like me are gonna look. Yeah, we're just all here drooling over it. <laughs> but how many dudes are putting in the effort to look as good as those girls though? Not as many. I feel sorry for a lot of girls when it comes to the dating scene. You ever see how many girls are settling? Like, how many hot-ass girls are, like, with a very basic-looking dude? Uh, I like to think that that dude is really cool. That's I'm like, that dude is – I mean, he's probably got a fat cock, a lot of good jokes. 
It could, you know, that's I like that narrative. That's a good perspective. He's, yeah. He's just got game. Yeah, got game. Or uh, just a lot of money. Ooh, money. Maybe I'd have to look at his sneakers to see. <laughs> look at his sneakers. Yeah. Like this, like you can tell I don't have money from these white Converse. What sneakers tell you that you have money? Do any colorful ass Jordan pair that you can just look at a pair of shoes and like, that cost no. more than one hundred twenty dollars? Yeah. Okay. Okay. What about some like some boat shoes or some shit? Like, uh, what's what's that fucking that brand that makes boat shoes? Sperry. Sperry. Some oh, Sperrys. Straight douchebags. <laughs> they get no girls. <laughs> Bro, they get all the girls, dude. They well by force. But yeah. Listen, at a certain point, usually like when they hit like 24, they start getting all the girls because those dudes either got into like law school or something because they have to sue everybody that they can't fight. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, dude, they're like the stock bros. Yeah. I, I can't do that. Uh, my old roommate is like a stock bro. Yeah. I don't know. He wears like suits and shit. Oh, really? So, dude, he works for uh, he works for a bank in Fairview. And he'll wear, like, these, like, suits and shit to go be an intern. Oh, and he'll fuck. he'll pack a lunch of chicken tenders. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to his big boy job with his little, <laughs> yeah, little happy meal. She gets, like, watching Boss Baby, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. I do not miss working in the... Have you ever had a corporate job like that where no, you have to go and... Hold on, I'll never do that. No, never. I've no. done it. It's not worth it. Don't sell your soul. Yeah, you like had to put on like a tie and shit. Dude, I went the whole. So I I did the whole fucking. I went and got my undergrad, and then I went and got my master's degree in healthcare administration. I had the whole nine to five. I did all that shit. It was not a very fulfilling life. Yeah, is that why you left it? Um, actually, I failed the drug test. <laughs> 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 Fuck yeah, dude! <laughs> it would actually that would probably be a really good bit. <laughs> talk about but no dude like i um i was actually crushing it dude i was a project manager it wasn't it wasn't as if i wasn't performing well i was actually the only person who did what i did and i did it really well but they hit me with a random test one day and i'm not gonna not smoke weed so that was it just weed that's it oh dude who gives a shit yeah dude it's not like i was but here's the thing though if i would have been just out fucking doing coke off a stripper's ass the night before i probably would have passed my test would you have? Yeah, dude, 24 hours for shit like that. For oh, hard drugs? Really? Dude, that's that's the thing. See, that's what's kind of the the weird thing when it comes to testing for drugs, because especially when they are testing for cannabis, because it's not psychoactive in the window that they're actually testing, right? So if you were to test me for alcohol or cocaine or some sort of amphetamine, it would still be active in my system. I'd be under the influence for it to be detectable. By the time you're probably testing for it, two or three days later, you're not going to be able to detect that in my system. So it's kind of a wash, like if you were to test for that. Uh-huh. But by the time you're actually detecting cannabis, it can be, depending on the person, weeks after the fact that you're detecting it. But it doesn't necessarily mean, it's not like I'm high at work. You know what I mean? I was high at work. No, I, yeah, you should be <laughs> high at work. Fuck a corporation. But yeah, it's just one of those silly things, dude, which for me, it's kind of weird because... At the time, I'm not gonna lie, dude. It was, it was a hard time in life, bro. Like I remember, I was fucking like at home crying and shit. Just <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> well, the reason was, that is just a terrible choice on my part. I'm like, man, you know, I'm feeling really sad. You know what might make me feel good? Maybe I'll just take this acid. This acid is gonna make me oh. feel better. No, it didn't make me feel better, bro. It actually, <laughs> it made me feel. So at moments I was feeling good. I was like, man, life is gonna be fine. And then the next moment, I'm like, man, life is so fucking awful. What the hell happened? 
But it was one of those things, dude, to where I just realized that I was not happy living in that artificial world of this corporate space. I was good at it, but it wasn't me. Like, I was actually still fighting professional MMA at the time. So I'd get off of work and I'd go do what I wanted to be doing, which was fighting and training and doing all of that shit. So to not, it was just a very inauthentic way of living. So I would never actually go back to doing that. It was just this thing that I did because I was always told I was supposed to do that. Yes. Uh, I feel like everyone breaks through that illusion at some point. I was fortunate. I figured that out at 17 where I was like, oh, I can actually do whatever I want. Yeah, you really can. Yeah, no one. I tell the kids at work, I'm like, there's no reason you listen to me. You listen to me because you were told you have to. Yeah. You should just beat the shit out of me. I can't do anything. <laughs> I prefer, I like the structure, though. I'd rather them not do that. Yeah, the stru- it's nice, but, like, uh, I, I will never have a corporate job. I, like, I refuse. Yeah. It's not me. And so I, why are you going to college? To buy myself four years to get good at comedy. <laughs> but, but you could you could get good at comedy and not. Are you are you paying for your own school? Uh, dude, Illinois is pretty good with the. Everyone wants to shit on Illinois like prices and stuff, but when it comes to college, they're very helpful. In state tuition and shit like that, or grants and stuff. Well, yeah, grants yeah. and stuff. Uh, if you half-ass college at all. Yeah. Uh, you can get a good scholarship. That's what's up. I almost went to SIUE on a wrestling scholarship. Oh, do they have a great wrestling team there? Um, at the time, it, it was not so great. They were, like, in the building phase. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a good program. Uh, I was, oh, the uh, Breaking the Illusion. Uh, I remember when I had my epiphany. Yeah. It, uh, so I played high school football for my uh, first two years, but I'd gotten season-ending injuries both times. What, Fresh- ha- what happened? Uh, freshman year, I uh, dislocated my hip. Mm. Uh, that one sucked. That's brutal, dude. Yeah, it was the worst pain I've ever had in my life. And then uh, sophomore year, dislocated my shoulder. Mm. Uh, fortunately, both were like clean. Just popped back in. Okay, didn't like tear a labrum or anything like that? Yeah. That's good. Uh, but then my junior year, I came back to play again, and we were doing a scrimmage game live scrimmage and i was just on the field and i was like wait why am i doing this there's like there's at the end of the day there's no point for me to still be playing football yeah and after that i was like oh why the fuck do i do anything (laughs) what brought you to that realization like what were you you're just sitting there in practice and you're like why the fuck am i doing like what was it no i was just there in the like middle of a game you're in the middle of a game like before a snap and i'm just like wait a minute I don't have to go hit my friends right now. I can yeah, just. You just didn't want to do it. Yeah. It's just, I was over it. Yeah. And then after that, I was like, oh, I can leave my hometown now. I don't know. It just gives you the confidence to get the fuck out, I guess. Yeah. You're from a small town in Illinois? Small town. Yeah. About an hour from here. What's it called? Carlisle. Carlisle. Uh, it's, they have a little lake. Huge meth problem. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> How long have you been gone from there now? Uh, a year, fortunately. Oh, nice. Yeah, man. It's, uh, I think it's really good to get out of where you grow up in. Yeah, to the big city of Edwardsville. Yeah, dude. No, I've become such a tool in the last year, so I'm a, a super excited for when I move to an even bigger city. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're just right across the river from St. Louis, so, like, you're, it's, it's, it's a weird thing whenever you live in the, like, in the surrounding areas of St. Louis, because you can get a very small town vibe. But St. Louis is still right there. Even though we're not the, the largest of uh, metropolitans, it's still a city. I, dude, I wish that 
um, they would just take all this shit and push it together. Like, Belleville and Fairview, they all can go on. Like, they're all one big city with, yeah. like, four different names. Yeah. Let's just lump that shit in. That's St. Louis Part 2. I don't, like, yeah. just have it be that. But, yeah, I'm I'm 30 minutes outside the city, and usually being 30 minutes outside of, like, New York City means you live in New York City. Yeah, that's so, true. I, I basically live in St. Louis. Yeah, it's a it's a weird thing, especially so right here where, we, where I like where my house is. It's technically it's this unincorporated pocket of St. Louis County, but I'm right in between like Maryland Heights and Creevecore, and there's all of these little municipalities out here in St. Louis County, and it's it's retarded. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, are those like they're all little separate towns with their own government? Technically, yeah. Oh, that's really stupid. It's it's very stupid, and you you see that as you. I mean, there's Kirkwood and Webster Groves and and Rockwood. There's just all these little municipalities in St. Louis County. But if they were to annex all of those and they would just all be St. Louis, it would change everything. We'd be like one of the I think like number like seven or sixth largest city in the country. It, it'd be similar similar to like Chicago or something. Yeah. And then it would also change a lot of the statistics. We wouldn't be one of the most dangerous cities in the world. Very well. I already that statistic sucks because it's like a per capita thing that they run on. And yeah, and this is a concentration for St. Louis City. That's it. Yeah, and I th- they said it'd be like seven hundred fifty thousand. I think if they counted all the surrounding county as St. Louis, mm-hmm. that so, number would go way down. Yeah, I mean. You'd cut it in a third, I think. Something like that. Yeah, it was 250000 in the city itself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree with that. I hate the whole St. Louis is dangerous thing. Yeah. It, it kept me so scared for so long. It keeps a lot of people scared, especially, like, if you're coming from Carlisle, right? Yeah, small town, dude. All I ever heard growing up was, like, dude, don't go to St. Louis. As soon as you step on it, like, as soon as you go in there, you're going to get shot. Shot or robbed, and it just creates fear. It does. It really does. And the more I spend time in the city, I I f- fall in love with St. Louis more every day. Yeah, it's a cool. It's a cool place. I mean, especially so. Just for example, like down there in Soulard, like if you wouldn't, if you wouldn't know, or you would think that. I mean, again, that's just like that's South St. Louis. It's a really dangerous area. But I mean, just like anywhere, you got to really kind of just keep your head in a swivel and just don't put yourself in a bad spot, and you'll be okay. Yeah, dude, Soulard. I see women walking alone dude, at night. Like, yeah, Soulard is not. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. Yeah, dude, Soulard is honestly very close to how my hometown felt. Really? Yeah, everyone just drunk driving, fucking hitting their wives. It's that's it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Less dirt roads. Lester Roads, yeah. Oh, dude, you ever got to fly down a back road? On a car? In a car. In a car, yeah. So I grew up in a place called, it's called Potosi, Missouri. It's like an hour south of here. There's, it's just dirt roads and it's just backwoods shit. Yeah. So, yeah. They, where they put that fucking road in between a cornfield. <laughs> no cops. There's nothing out there. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, it, I used to drive an O2 Buick LeSabre. <laughs> I would take that thing on back roads and fly a hundred in it. Really? It's an old grandma car. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It was fun as fuck. That's funny. My first car was a uh, was a Buick Regal, nineteen eighty five. Though it was much older. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I know what a Regal looks like. Well, this one just looked like a big ass. It was like a big box car, 
and it was kind of like a tank. It was it was well it was well made. One time I back in I think I might have backed into someone's car. To be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never fucking know. <laughs> I'll just take my friend's word for it. My car looked fine though. <laughs> Dude, that's uh just being sixteen and <laughs> not giving a fuck. Dude, that's what the first car was made for, though, is breaking shit. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Dude, one of my favorite things, just growing up in the middle of nowhere. So, whenever I was a little kid, I was in Potosi, but then I was like 12, I moved to Jefferson City, Missouri, which is just the capital. There's not shit going on there. A lot of backwoods stuff. But um, our favorite thing was just to drive around, and we would just smoke weed and just drive around the backwoods and just get lost and just explore. That, yeah, that's the best thing to do. You find some really good hidden spots, too. Yeah. Uh, actually, I had a favorite road that I like to drive down. Really? It would look really pretty in the spring and fall. It was like a, it was like a mile stretch of like uh, fields, and then it would lead in this amazing tree line. It's all hilly and pretty. Okay. Uh, and I was telling my mom that it was my favorite road, and she was like, oh, that's my favorite road, too. Really? Just weirdly enough, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. My mom, she raised me like a little hippie child. That's okay. So I fucking vibe with it so hard. <laughs> <laughs> just like appreciating just nature and just the scenery and shit? Uh, more of that just like you got to chill out. Like you, uh, you're in control of so little. Yeah. So handle your shit and just let everything else be fine. That's true. That's true. If more people could live that way, it'd make life a lot easier for a lot of people. Yeah, dude. Uh, the, uh, this is water. You ever read that David Foster Wallace speech? I don't know if I have or not. Uh, it was a commencement speech he gave to, I forget what graduating class, but he was like, uh, he was like, you're at some point you're gonna get caught up in the mundaneness of life, and it you're gonna forget to be happy, and you're just gonna be a bitter shell working for a corporation. Mm. And he kept saying, "This is water." It was it was a fish metaphor. Oh really? Oh, it was a uh, a fish swims up to an older fish and says, "Hey, where's the ocean at?" Oh yeah. Yeah, and he's like, "This is it." This is like you're in the ocean. Yeah, you're like you're doing it. He's like, "Dude, this is just water." Yeah, that's so true. I I liken that too. I just pretty recently, um, people are probably here, like tired of hearing me talk about this, but pretty recently I read um, Matthew McConaughey's book Green Lights, and in there he talks about uh, just just one thing. He said. Uh, just being less impressed and just more involved. So it's, it's kind of to that same thing of where, like, you don't want to put something up on a pedestal so much or you don't want to, to maybe, like, take it for granted where you're so underimpressed with something that you, like, you, you, you're not involved in the situation. Whether it's whatever the moment is or a person or a thing, it's, you don't want to be like, oh, man, that person is so fucking cool I could never be friends with them. So then now you don't go walk up and maybe have that conversation and become that friend it's like man just fucking be involved or you want to go you want to go play the fucking basketball game or you want to go get the job or you want to go be a part of the party like go fucking be a part of the party you know what i mean like you don't just sit back and just watch so kind of to that same point it's like where's the ocean you're you're so impressed with this idea of what is the ocean that you you just miss like you're in it like this is it like this is the thing be a part of it and do it yeah, if you're always chasing, you never catch. Yeah. But I'm just, oh, I want to go to the party. I want to do this. Fucking do it. Do yeah. it, bro. Do, do your thing, dude. I've, that's, uh, people always tell me that I've always wanted to do stand up. Yeah. And I'm like, the fuck are you standing here for then? Yeah. Like, why aren't you doing it? Yeah. It's, like, what's your excuse? Yeah. I think people just like to talk sometimes, though. So yeah. that just might be what that is. Uh, but yeah, dude, uh, just appreciate everything, I guess. 
That's that's true. That's true. <laughs> you just said this. People like to talk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Who are we talking? <laughs> <laughs> that's the new motion. So, do you smoke cigarettes? I like a cigarette. Okay. Uh, I uh, I actually I see, yeah. I see you over here sucking on your nicotine. Dude, I uh, I bought this when I turned eighteen. Like as a just because everyone had one. <laughs> That's and it. then you got hooked. That shit j- grabbed me, dude. <laughs> as a joke. <laughs> You're like, this would be a funny joke. <laughs> jo- three years later, joke's on me. I created a habit. Yeah, dude, it's part of my budget now. <laughs> oh. the, the the most broke I ever got in college uh, ran completely out of money. I had... Uh, I had went to GameStop and sold my copy of the new Modern Warfare. You got like five dollars for it. They gave me thirty, <laughs> and then I went to the store and bought a pack of Jewel Pods. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, if I'm gonna be broke, at least I have Jewel. Hey, you know what? Hey, Jewel's your best friend. <laughs> <laughs> they should use that in an ad. If you're gonna be broke, at least have Jewel. <laughs> <laughs> that is fucking hilarious. I love it. Yeah, I'm not. Um, I I. I like the idea of nicotine as a nootropic because there are some benefits, like especially if you don't do it on a regular basis, like you get like that head rush and it feels really fucking good, and it can actually kind of lend to creativity and even focus some. It does, yeah, hundred percent. Uh, it's uh, I mean, I'll sit down to write in the morning. I'll have my cup of coffee and my jewel. Yeah, I'm just going back and forth. Yeah, trying to come up with shit. Never do, but. <laughs> Dude, so do you have, do you like, you you take time every day to kind of make sure you're working on your craft or does it kind of come in spurts for you? Uh, I mean, you should sit down every day. Uh, like, I, I've had a crazy week, so I haven't been able to this week. Yeah. You uh, try to though? Yeah. Yeah, you should. Uh, a lot of the times, uh, it's good to sit down with an idea of what you're doing too. Uh, I, I listened to Seinfeld do a podcast. He was like. You got to go in. Like, you need to have a game plan when you sit down. You can't just sit down all fucking willy-nilly, right? So I, I sit down, and I'm like 30 minutes to an hour. I'm going to write. Uh, I'll have a couple jokes I need to work on, a premise I need to work on, something to tag up. Yeah. There's always something to be doing in comedy. Mm-hmm. So I don't get it. I, I've been saying that the last couple of days. I'm like, i got nothing to work on. I've, I've so much to work on. <laughs> You're just not doing it? Yeah, yeah. I get it. There's, there's, whenever you're, you're pursuing your own passion, whatever that may be, there's always a, there's a million things you could always be doing. But then on that same note, it almost feels like none of it's important. It's like, oh, it's not really, I can't really do any of that. There's always something else I could be doing. Yeah. It, and then you just ignore the basics. Yeah. It's, it's all about steps. Everyone wants to make leaps. You yeah. Make steps. Yeah. That's probably a better way to put it. Yeah. Or you fucking, you need to take tiptoes sometimes. Like, yeah. Just, uh, I, there's a a lot of like new comics starting, and they're like, I, I want all this shit, and I'm like, you need to learn how to stand in front of people. Yeah, like get comfortable, just standing up there, and not getting laughs, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it'll. I was told it's the first hundred sets is just you speaking. Like the whole point is just getting comfortable up there. Yeah, I feel like it, it's yeah. I it, to me it seems like. You have to get comfortable in in figuring out what your voice sounds like and how you deliver things and how you want to say things. Yeah, I've I've been told I have a cadence on stage. I don't know where I developed that, but it, it could just be innate, kind of natural. I uh, something like that. I just I like cadences. Yeah, I like uh, the, it. It's very rhythmic, and I like that because. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
that's a huge. It's like comedy's like music. They say mm-hmm. where uh, you you have to rewrite rewrite lines sometimes so they just sound prettier. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause I mean, how people receive it is gonna dictate whether or not they laugh, and how you say it is gonna dictate how they receive it. Yeah, it's very. We're we're getting pretty deep in comedy. See, yeah, I, bro. I, I didn't want to come on here and talk about things that I don't know. I don't, um, yeah, I, you you want to come I, in here and be like, yeah, I know everything about comedy. Listen to me, and even though you feel like you don't know shit about comedy, yeah, though I'm the farthest thing from an expert. No, on this. I get it, but we're just fucking shooting the shit, man. And honestly, it helps. So here's the thing: we're all just you're learning the process. I don't know anything about the process. Who knows who's listening? Maybe they're also learning the process. And I'm just trying to figure out how you like to tackle the the, the thing. Whether it's right or wrong, maybe you listen to this one day and you're like, "Man, I was way off." Yeah, that that's I'm, I'm yeah. way better now, which you will be. That will most definitely happen because yeah. people will tell me things I said three days ago, and I was like, "I was an idiot back then." <laughs> and also for me, dude, sometimes I'll say things out loud and I'll be thinking through them like we are in this conversation, and then I'll think about it in a few days or tomorrow or the next day and be like what the fuck was i really thinking like i had to first get the thought out out loud first to think about it more does that make sense i do that shit all the time yeah i do and then after that i can go back and kind of sculpt a better way to say that exactly right and that's kind of the whole process i imagine with stand-up right it's like you say it maybe it's a little clunky but then you figure out a better more streamlined way to say that and that's with anything i used to work in a call center and it was the same thing it's just I was clunky at first, and then I got smoother and smoother, and then eventually I just had it to a perfect script, so that way it was just seamless for for selling, essentially. Oh, you turned into Jordan Belfort by the end. I did. <laughs> I was fucking good, bro. I was good. Like, it was funny because, so, in the call center, they just want you to be on the phone answering fucking calls. It's, you get off the phone, take your notes, get on the next call as fast as possible. I would sit in between calls, bro like five, six, sometimes 10 minutes, like way longer than you're supposed to. So by the end of the day, I was probably only on the phones like five of the eight hours I was supposed to be on the phone. But my numbers were way better than everybody's, way better than everybody's. So I'm like, you're going to tell me I'm in trouble right now because I'm producing more on less time. Get the fuck out of here, dude. But it was just literally, I just had it down to what to say. That's good. Uh, I was repulsed at you saying you had to be on the phones for eight hours dude it was it was a horrible time in my life it was a very it was a learning lesson it was a learning lesson i would never do that ever again (laughs) (laughs) it was one of those things though where it's like man i got two kids i was married at the time and then we had just gotten separated and going through a divorce i'm like man i got all these bills it's just kind of doing what you got to do and one of those it's one of those moments where I realized how many people are trapped in a situation like this to where you just made a whole bunch of decisions and then now you can't go back where you're living life at a certain level and now you have to earn X amount of dollars. Oh, yeah. To support this. Which is why whenever I talk to young guys like you or people who don't have kids, it's like you, you tell me you want to do these things. Why don't you go do them? You don't have kids. You don't have these responsibilities. You want to go do this thing, but you don't want to move from the city you're living in. You don't want to struggle for a second. Like, I don't understand it because as a guy who had two kids and was fighting and working full time and was doing all of this shit, I don't understand when people don't have all these responsibilities and can't get shit done. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. I, I had a thought. Uh, 
fuck. Sorry, I was just rambling. No, no, it was off what you said. Uh, fuck me, dude. Yeah, dude. Totally slipped. I don't know. Was uh, it was it the responsibility thing or? Oh, it was um people uh have to earn X amount of dollars. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, people live outside of their means all the time. Yeah. I uh I think most people should live like college students live. We live. I mean, Melania's like, we lived like goddamn Ninja Turtles. <laughs> well, college students are broke as hell, but yeah, dude, you should live below your means, right? Yeah, I mean, people are getting, like, apartments where it's, like, $900, $1,000 a month to have four roommates. Yeah. Dude, you can get a house for, like, $300 a month. Where at? Uh, in Edwards. It's going to be oh. bad. But uh, <laughs> I, I didn't say... You, can, you go move to the hood for, like, $300 <laughs> a month. It's okay. Don't worry. You won't get robbed. Just <laughs> four, four $5,500 a month will get you something great in Edwardsville. Yeah. And it's stuff like that. And also, I'm growing, and uh, uh, I like college. It makes you more liberal. Uh, my I've heard debates of, like, college forces people to become liberal. Yeah. Uh, it's, I'm torn on that, dude, to be honest with you. It doesn't. You don't think so? No. My roommate said – me and my roommate go to the same college. Yeah. He was like, dude, they're trying to force us to be liberals. And I'm like, you are in a, the libertarian club. <laughs> like, clearly not. Yeah. I think that word liberal has a new meaning, right? I think I think the initial idea of what a libertarian is, which is – like I would probably classically define myself as a libertarian where socially I'm very liberal where I don't give a fuck what you do. Like, I don't care. Like, don't hurt anybody. Don't be an asshole. Go do what you want to do. But physically, I'm pretty conservative. Like, I don't want to go blowing money. Like, I, f- I feel like we should help people, but I feel like you got to be smart with your finances because otherwise you're just blowing money. Like, you can't operate at a deficit and expect to be profitable. Like, it's not smart business. But the idea today of what liberal means is become this other thing where everybody starts looking at at the far, like the far extreme of it, like we 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 use this word, and then we automatically associate it with the extreme, which is usually just like ten percent of the idiots who are the loudest. I mean, and that's the shitty part is that the idiots are always the loudest. You're right, and that's just the shitty part. Uh, I I don't know enough about politics to like really. I know what I I want. Yeah, uh, I want all the shit. Give me give me everything. <laughs> I don't care what it costs. Uh, <laughs> That's what I would want, but yeah. I don't know. I don't have the research to back that up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just weird, dude. It's complicated. I'm not. A, I don't like getting in politics. To be honest with you, there's a saying that it says when you're young, if you're not if you're not liberal, then you don't have a heart. But when you're older, if you're not conservative, you don't have a brain. You ever heard that? Yeah, my my grandma told me uh, everyone's a liberal till they get their first paycheck. It's it's just different, man. It really is. So it's just like, and and also I think you have to consider. So you're at a university in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. If you look at maybe a university where there's, so if we're looking at where there's the greatest density of 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 people is usually on the coast right we're looking at larger like cal let's just say traditionally before everybody started fleeing the states you'd you'd probably be looking at like california and like new york along those coasts right and there's a, a huge density of population of people there and there's a lot of universities there there's a ton of universities in the northeast right you have like harvard and yale and all of these fucking um uh, uh, Ivy League schools, but there's a lot of other ones too. But then you also you have on the West Coast tons of universities like Pepperdine and USC and and UCLA and all these other fucking universities, and you see a a huge density of 
a lot of extremes, like extreme liberals on the coasts. And I think maybe what, what your friend is saying is maybe in relation to more of those university systems. Maybe. I, I think he was maybe speaking – I think you might be right on that. That does make a lot of sense. There is all those major universities on the coast. There's a lot. Of, so I, I think when you use like a broad brushstroke statement, like all universities are crazy liberal, I feel like you're you're obviously talking about some more than others. And I think that's maybe the thought process. Because, honestly, I wrestle with this shit a lot, too. <laughs> well, yeah, well, in college, it's not like no one's – like, we're, we entertain every idea. Yeah. But the ideas that some kids are bringing are easy to argue back with. Yeah. Uh, I, I did end up uh, – I accidentally became devil's advocate one day in class. Yep. Just accidentally. I, and that's a good thing, whether you believe it or not. Yeah, so I was just going, and my teacher uh, – we had a good laugh while he was explaining. He's like, did you catch what you said? And I was like, yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's shit like that where it's not, I'm not becoming more liberal, but you, I cannot argue a reason to not think yeah. the way you're thinking. Yeah. Every argument, kind of shitty, to be honest. I think where, where the difference comes from a lot of university settings is that most of the people, I like the students, and they're all, a, lot of, a lot of them are kids, and you're operating off a of theory. So whether it's it doesn't matter what you're doing, theory is always different than practice. But whenever you present theory as if it is fact in the real world, that's when things starts going astray. Yeah, and cuz everyone talks theory. Everyone oh, talks theory. Everyone. That's that's the whole university system. It's all theory and a lot of it is taught by people depending on the university who haven't actually lived in practice i was i went to lindawood university in st charles and in the business program we were actually pretty fortunate because most of the professors were retired business people they already had 20 30 years in the business world and now they're just fucking teaching because they just want to be teaching and they just want to have something to do so these people actually operated in practice for a long time and they're not just teaching theory but i think with a lot of university professors they're just they've never actually had to go be in the world because they, they the last 30 years they've just been teaching so they've just been living in theory forever that's true yeah you're learning from people who can give you concrete facts i had a teacher my freshman year this was during the election cycle last year uh so it was the fall semester and jesus christ if every class it was called writing for the media and every class was just basically politics discussions. Really? Yeah, it was, it was really terrible by the end. But my teacher kept being like, you all are going to be amazing. You're fighters. You're going to do great things. I'm like, what are these things? Because all we've done for 16 weeks is bitch about Trump. Really? She didn't teach us any, like, really? tangible thing. Mm. Yeah, see, you, you definitely – dude, I had a teacher – Probably one of the best teacher I, teachers I've ever had. Rest rest his soul. He actually passed away from smoking cigarettes. <laughs> I hope I'm the next. <laughs> he was a great dude, but he was like, uh, he goes, he goes, look around. He goes, half of you are gonna get divorced. <laughs> dude, <laughs> dude. <laughs> bro, I was married at the time. I was a young married kid. I'm like, fuck, not me, bro, not me. He was fucking right, bro. Yeah. But that's the shit, dude. Like, that's the... Dude, nobody in that fucking class wanted to hear that, but that dude's just telling you real-life shit. He's like, look, man, this is just the facts. Most of you motherfuckers are going to get divorced. Well, I've heard that that statistic is actually... Uh, it's more like 25% of marriages fail, and the other 25% is remarriages. 
that still gets counted into those statistics. So it's like one person fucking up for everyone. Really? Yeah, it would be like one person with three or four marriages. That's interesting. I thought so I thought the statistic was so for for the first marriage it was fifty percent of those fail. And then for a second marriage it goes up to like sixty three and then third marriages fail at something at like a seventy something percent rate. Oh, okay. So it's like the more you get married, the more they fail. Yeah, if you're on like your fourth marriage, give it up. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know which is right, so maybe that is. I, I like your statistic better. It makes it makes things more hopeful. It makes everyone feel better. That's what I'm. Uh, that's what I like. <laughs> the is, optimism. I yeah, dude. Because what are what have we got here, dude? I don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> this shit is dreadful, dude. So we gotta we gotta stay up. <laughs> that's why you're out here just slinging jokes. Yeah, dude. Um, I try. Uh, so like I work with kids, and that is the that's what I try to teach them. It's just like, hey. You're not going to get along with everyone. Things suck sometimes, and you're not going to be happy. Have fun with it. Yeah. It's – this is the best part. That's a good perspective, dude. The idea that you're always supposed to be happy and everything's just going to be okay is not a lie. Sometimes you're going to be sad, and sometimes things suck. And that's what actually makes the things that are awesome that much more awesome. Oh, yeah, dude. Once you When you get that good moment, yeah. it's, there's nothing better. That, the – they're, they call it, uh, like, during football, they'd be like, practice is the work week, games payday. Yeah. Yeah, dude, you got to work for your paydays. Yeah. Whatever it is, like, if, even if it's, like, a girl you like, you have to make an effort with it. Yeah, yeah, effort. Effort makes everything worthwhile. Like, that's what, that's what helps you, like, get that feeling of accomplishment is, like, putting effort in. It is. Like, we need struggle as humans. I, uh, I mean, I was catching myself being real lazy and, and to the point where I was like, okay, I have to wake up every morning and brush my teeth first. Like before I put on my pot of coffee, go brush your teeth. Yeah. Cause that's a task now. Yeah. And I can get right into task. Yeah. That's a good move. I wake up, I, I try to make my bed every morning. I don't try to, I do make my bed every morning. I have to, my room's too small not to. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get real depressed cause my room is half bed. Oh shit. Yeah. Like straight up. Dude, your physical space has a direct impact on how you mentally feel. Yeah, if you're trapped in a box sometimes. Yeah. Are you a routine guy? Do you like do you have structure to your days that you try to make sure you get certain things done every day or Uh I yeah, I uh I got like I got the mental illness shit. So yeah, I have to have structure. <laughs> you mean you're alive? Yeah. Dude, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so fucking tired of uh I don't know if doctors are overdiagnosing people with mental illnesses or not. I think so, man. I think that I mean medicine is just it's it's all it's all practice. Like that's what it is. And we're always improving, right? But we're just working with the best knowledge that we have. I think where it gets fucking weird is where doctors present things as as concrete fact and then we'll find out 10 15 years later that those doctors were fucking way off. Right, and then they end up fucking up a whole bunch of people just because they weren't humble enough to be like, "This is the information that we have now. We're just working off the best information that we have." So, like my daughter, she was diagnosed with uh, like on the autism spectrum, but she's she's ve- it's it's she's so high functioning like you wouldn't even know she's on the spectrum. So I always wonder sometimes if it's one of those things to where it was just this period of time to where they were just diagnosing everybody on the autism spectrum so you get more diagnoses than you probably should yeah uh and i don't think it's because to tell someone they have a a disease or whatever uh i don't like to look at it like it's that it's just a thing that's part of you and to tell someone that like hey you have this textbook thing that's wrong with you yeah it it fucks with your mentality because uh when they told me i was bipolar i was like 
well, or what decisions am I making and what decision is my bipolar making me make? Mm, so it makes you question everything. Yeah, and so I don't like that. Yeah. Because I was doing fine. Before they told you that? Yeah, I'm still doing fine. What made like, the, so what, what made you, like, how did, what, what led you to get that diagnosis? Uh, I, uh, I started seeing a therapist and mm. just after three months of uh, talking to him and just telling him my, I would just start on the day after our last session and work my way up. Yeah. Tell him every uh, story that I thought he should hear. Yeah. Uh, and by three months in, he was like, you are bipolar. Really? Yeah, and I'm one of the few diagnoses he's had with that. Was it based off your behavior or based off off of his diagnosis of maybe you telling him how you feel? Does that make sense? Because sometimes, dude, I feel like I'm all over the place with how I feel, but I don't I don't act on the way I feel. You know what I mean? So was your feeling were your feelings dictating your behavior? Or was it was he just making that based off of you telling him how you feel? Man, I don't know. I would I would tell him I'd be like, listen, on Thursday I was real sad, but Friday I had a lit ass party. And yeah. he was just like, Oh, bipolar. Oh, really? So I I am bipolar for sure. Okay. But I like it. Okay. I like it. it's the here, I'm gonna get cocky about my own mental illness. It's the best mental illness. <laughs> to be a comic. To be a comic, yeah. <laughs> no, dude, bipolar is great because uh you're up and you're like, Oh my god, let's party, let's let's have sex. And then you're like down, and you're like, oh, I just want to watch movies and eat Qdoba. Dude, I fucking love movies and Qdoba. <laughs> you just got to make it work for you. Yeah, dude. Again, you always got to be happy. Dude, I can dig it. I can totally dig it. Do you, do you have bits about this? Uh, the, that one's working right now. I'm, I'm trying to uh, write something out with it. Yeah. But that's, that's what I got so far. I like it. I like it. That's your bit right there, right? Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but yeah, I... Uh, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, you're good. I oh. was just going to start talking about some dumb shit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I totally get it, though. Um, did they prescribe shit to you? Oh, my God, dude. I'm, I don't want to get all in your business. <laughs> no, it's cool. I, I like to be very open about this stuff because, again, I don't think there's nothing wrong with me. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I I love Lexapro, dude. That's the shit. That works for you? Dude, love it. Uh, they. I tried to start with this mood stabilizer. Uh-huh. Uh, I know they usually prescribe, like, lithium, right? I, fr- I don't know what they gave me okay but uh they gave it to me i had a terrible reaction to it mm. they were like uh that my doctor was like yeah like one in 20 people react like this and you're the one yeah i was the one so i flushed all that shit down the toilet actually this morning oh really yeah dude it was it was weird just poisoning the water system bro dude i, I didn't know i haven't flushed it yet but like i got <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what i was it's not a drug that's you why there's use. antidepressants in the water system <laughs> <laughs> oh dude so uh my house got broken into uh that reminded me of a story uh my house got broken into in carlisle uh not really he just opened the front door but <laughs> nobody locks their doors in carlisle it's like canada <laughs> so he uh he broke in to steal drugs all he could find was one pill bottle and he took half of it like just he dumped it out how uh, considerate he only took half right He's like, i gotta leave this guy some of his shit still but what he took was my cat's diarrhea medicine. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, dude, that's all he took. Oh, God. He, wow. I hope he popped one. I hope so. <laughs> or he probably, like, crushed it up and snorted it, and then he just shit on himself. Oh, dude. Well, coincidentally, uh, it was, like, a 15-year-old kid. 
Oh, really? Uh, you yeah. know who stole it from you? Yeah, I, I know the kid, yeah. Oh, did he get in trouble? Uh, no. No? You, uh, you just let it fly? Well, here's the, when you're 15, you can't really get in trouble. That's true. So, kids, if you're sort uh, of. 15 year olds, start breaking into houses. <laughs> You got steal pills. Life advice. Life advice from Mr. Gaffigan. Uh, so he actually got caught trying to just coincidentally break into my grandparents' house after that. Oh, really? Like, he didn't know. He didn't know they were your grandparents? Yeah, he just picked two houses and happened to be us. Oh, wow. So you live next to your grandparents? No, no. They live like a mile from my house there. Oh, wow. Yeah, so just coincidence. Wow. What are the odds of that, I wonder? Yeah, I'm gonna say his name on here. No, he's <laughs> <laughs> gonna ruin his whole life. I think he's still a minor. So, oh really? Yeah. Oh man, so this was pretty recent. This is right before I moved out. I think it was. I think it was during the pandemic. Oh really? Yeah, because my brother was home for it. He uh he woke up my brother sleeping on the couch. Oh shit! He's <laughs> your brother didn't stop him. No, we thought it was my sister. Oh. Fucking idiot. <laughs> How many siblings do you have? Uh, I have an older brother, older sister, younger sister. Oh, so you're like right in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Are you I, the black sheep? Dude, I'm probably the second favorite, I'd say. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> but you're not the favorite. No, I'm not the favorite. Dude, my brother's crushing it. <laughs> my brother's doing great. Does everybody know it? Everybody knows he's the favorite? Is it? Is there a consensus there? Oh, yeah, dude. This is, like, just on paper. <laughs> On paper, he's a fucking, he's a doctor. Oh, really? In Florida. Oh, he's got shit. like a really handsome boyfriend. Like, is he the oldest? Yeah, he's the oldest. Oh. Yeah, he's an ex college athlete. Like, he's, he killed, I think he was like homecoming king, too. Oh, really? Yeah, he's doing great. Dang. How's that feel? Oh, dude. Such, to be such a loser <laughs> with, a, with an awesome brother. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm 21. I think I'm crushing it harder than he was at 21. Yeah. Yeah, he was only getting like free college and shit, and I tell ha-has. So. <laughs> You're doing way better in life. <laughs> <laughs> he was only—he's probably what, like a bio major or something at this point in life, and yeah, we're getting ready for his MCAT. And <laughs> oh, he's already through all that. They put him like doctors finish school, and they got to go to more school. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> when are you, you're never done with this shit. No, and then you just get out of school and you're in crazy debt. Oh my god, I'm not excited. I do. I've not looked at how much I owe the government. <laughs> I'm going to in like three years when I'm done with it. I'm like, oh fuck. Just figure it out then. Fig- why? Why worry now? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give. Fuck it, bro. No, I. <laughs> That hippie shit only works so long, and then life <laughs> hits you in the mouth. Yeah, it it does, and then and then you become physically conservative. Yeah, dude. Uh, back in March, I uh, I got super into the Beatles. Oh, really? Like, dude, great band. They're my favorite. Dude, they have such a good catalog. Uh, after 1965, yes. Well, you're more into it than I am, then. Yeah, I, I, their first five albums to take it or leave them, but. Uh, after like Rubber Soul on, yeah, amazing. Yeah, I like them a lot. Uh, I uh, I wrote a paper, uh, so I took a Revolver, which is uh, I'd say it's probably my f- third favorite. But uh, I took it and I dissected all the lyrics and I made a philosophy argument based around the lyrics that they have. Oh, cool! And I uh, argued how we could implement that into society, and it just ended up like no one's having a job. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's how I was like, I will never have a job and live by this philosophy. <laughs> and then I needed jewel pods and I had to go get a job. <laughs> well, at least you have jewel. 
At least you, I have. You jewel. always have jewel, bro. Dude, that is hilarious. Yeah, man. I would. I would love to not, to not have to work. I just, just have money. Whenever you solve that problem, let me know. I'll f- I'm gonna figure it out eventually. Yeah. Uh, You'll get there. I think the universe is very generous with people, as long as you're generous to it back. I'm a big believer in the energy that you put out there is what gets returned to you. Just the law of attraction. Yeah, you can't like just being. That's what I tell the kids. I'm like, you're being a cunt and no one's going to want to hang out with you in three years. That's true. So fix it now. Yeah. Fix, quit being a cunt. Dude, just be friends with everybody. Like, you, you would think no. You would think no. Because here's the thing. Or at least be friendly with everybody because the amount of people who are douchebags in high school that get it together later in life, you'd be fucking surprised. You'd be, you, you're, you're going to know kids, you're going to be like, well, maybe not you because most of the people in your town probably just never leave and they just marry their high school sweetheart. But yep. <laughs> I know those kids too. But, dude, you're going to be surprised, man. You're going to see some kids that you knew in college or a few in high school. You're going to be like, man, that dude was a real douchebag or wasn't really wasn't that cool or wasn't that funny or wasn't whatever, and then they're going to end up – becoming some sort of fucking bodybuilder or they're going to be some sort of business guy and for real dude and then they're going to end up they're going to end up being more successful than you anticipated for real uh, it happens okay let's okay and, or maybe and maybe you're that guy maybe you're that guy some dude's like man that guy was just a fucking clown in school and then you're going to go crush it with comedy and you're, then you're the guy for everybody but there's going to be somebody i promise you I, I was a huge douche in high school let's yeah but uh, also, the, that's a pretty common stereotype for the dude to stay and be a bodybuilder in his hometown. Uh, <laughs> I was almost that guy. I, but I feel like the, the people that were douches in high school, they just got told no for the first time and they had to change. Because, cool, I mean, hot people get a free pass forever. But, like, once you're, okay, cool, you're good at baseball, that's done now. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do now? Yeah, that's I, that's why I don't like sports, really. Really? It's such a small percentage of people will actually go on to be successful in them. Yeah, if the aim is to become sort of like a professional in, in whatever sport you're playing, yeah, it's not the right thing to do. I really I chased that dragon for a long time. But uh, I feel like there are definitely benefits to, to doing sports and to doing hard shit and to doing challenging things. Like It definitely can help develop some, some positive traits. But yeah, in general, I mean, if you're doing it so you can make it to whatever league or whatever, you know, whatever paycheck you're trying to chase, it's not an easy path. No, uh, football did teach me a lot of good life skills. Yeah. Uh, just like being responsible and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but you said you're a fighter. Yeah. Okay, I, that's that's a different beast than playing baseball. I wish I would have played baseball. So in high school, I played football and I wrestled. And I went to college on a wrestling scholarship had my son so i stopped wrestling and then i got into to doing like mma and i did that for a number of years and like now today i still do jujitsu and stuff like that like i'll coach some people but man i was chasing i was chasing that dragon of like being a professional fighter trying to make it to the ufc or bellator or whatever large organization so i could just have a job that i could make money doing what i doing something different that wasn't a corporate job and i could do what i wanted to do so but it's it, the amount of people that chase that and make money is so fucking slim, so slim. So on like on one hand, I don't want to like shit on people's dreams because it's like, yeah, dude, chase your dream because even if only one percent of people make it, if nobody chases it, then nobody gets it. 
But on that same note, it's like, bro, you got to be realistic here. You're fucking, you're like killing your brain right now for what? Uh, I think you can never tell yourself no, I think. Yeah. Other people <laughs> Kill, can and should. Shit on everybody else's dreams but your own. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> if I know anyone, I know myself. And I know everyone else is an idiot who thinks I'm wrong. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, your rationale is sound. I like it. Dude, uh, yeah. Sound reasoning. <laughs> I love trying to sound like I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, that's most of every conversation I have. What do you think I do here? <laughs> this is it. I just, most of the time, I just, I try to seem like I know what I'm talking about. And then I think about it later, I realize I sounded like an asshole. And I'm just a big fucking idiot. Yeah, I'll get in the car and be like, I'm getting canceled. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not important enough to get canceled. Oh, dude, fucking... <laughs> you'd be shocked <laughs> you'd be shocked <laughs> fuck cancel culture dude uh, uh you're about know. it who are you trying to get canceled who am i trying to get canceled i don't know i get, i got in trouble for saying a joke at work oh really so shit like i don't i don't like i went up to we have to wear a mask because we work with uh children under 12 which is fine but i like made a joke and i was like hey did you hear what joe biden said they're like, what? And I was like, he said that uh, COVID was a big silly goof, and he made it up. <laughs> and they called me to, like, the office. <laughs> for, for that? Yeah, they said, like, you can't say things like that. Who would have? Who would even take that seriously? Dude, fed up coworkers who are sick of hearing about mask policies. Yeah. Which I get. The, ma- Ugh, the mask I, is silly. Uh, with the – in the free world, uh, I, I don't get the mask anymore, but I am working with unvaccinated children, so I can understand that. Yeah, but even then – man, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. But even mm-hmm. then, even with, with children, the infection rate is so low. Oh, yeah, the kids will be fine if and, they get COVID. And nothing ever ha- – exactly, nothing ever happens to them. So what? Are, so what's really the concern there? Ugh, uh, I'm worried about getting kids sick with something that they don't get sick with. Yeah, we'd have to take this up with DCFS at this point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, now we're just going down a rabbit hole for yeah, no reason. Yeah, this is where it, uh, this is uh, everyone likes to have opinions. Everybody but. does like to have opinions. I always just think of it from like your perspective. Like if I was a guy who had to wear a mask all day because I'm working with kids, I'm like, ah, oh, this sucks balls. Yeah, that's why I like going outside. Yeah, then, you guys don't have to wear it outside. No, have, oh. dude, have you ever played Gaga Ball? No, what is that? Oh, holy shit, dude! It's a, uh, it's apparently it's like a newer game, but uh, uh, it's but you take like a soccer ball basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you're in an octagon made out of wooden planks and uh, totally enclosed as okay. many people as you want. Uh, the goal is to hit people below the knee to get them out. With and what? It's a, with the ball. With the ball. Yeah, it's a battle royale. Oh shit, game. dude, it's sick. You can fucking smack the ball uh you can like bounce it off the walls for like momentum you get some sick trick shots in there for real how many kids cry fucking a lot (laughs) because it's a hard game to ref yeah yeah you have to ref i have to ref it and there's like 25 kids all running in circles that's interesting you guys make this up at your camp no it's a real sport it's a real sport yeah i think it's a newer sport like Mm. they have like slap ball now that kind of sport yeah i think it's one of those kinds of games oh that's interesting because there, there was a long stretch where new sports weren't hitting the fucking market. Really? It, I mean, we had football, baseball, basketball. Yeah. Recently, fighting became big, but like maybe Gaga Ball is the next thing. Gaga Ball. Yeah, maybe, dude. I'm trying to make you go mainstream. Is that what you're doing? It's really fun. <laughs> I've never heard of it, dude. You'd love it. Dang. Any other fun camp games? Uh, Dodgeball. Really? Always dodgeball, dude. But they're taking that away. No, you still play dodgeball. 
in schools? Uh, different balls now, but yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, they use uh, they're like say like this big, and they're completely foam. Oh, that's weak. Yeah, you probably can't get as much speed on those. You can't, but they're easier to throw than the than the big rubber ones. Oh, really? Yeah, you can get a, you, I mean, you can fucking palm the little ones and good grip. Yeah, but they hurt less, and I'm also throwing as hard as I can at nine year olds, so. <laughs> Maybe I don't need a big rubber ball. Maybe you, that's exactly why you need a big rubber ball. <laughs> Trying to teach these nine-year-olds life lessons, dude. I take some anger out on it for <laughs> sure, dude. Dude, that's an interesting job working at a um, a summer camp. I would have uh, something I've never done, but uh, yeah, that's definitely got to be an experience all on its own. It's amazing. There is an age cap to it, like not like in law, but like you cannot work at a summer camp over the age of twenty-three. No. It, it There's got to be one adult there, right, who's older than that? Who's just been there for the last, like, 30 years and they don't have any other job because they run the summer camp? Uh, no, it's uh, it's mostly teachers. I work. Like, it's either teachers or people in school to be teachers is mm. most of the staff. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like me and, like, three or four other people who aren't actually in education majors. Oh, wow. So, like, our big boss is, like, a teacher. Oh, really? Out of school, yeah. So, it's people who know what's going on. The te- How old is the teacher? Uh, he's fairly young. I think he's only, like, 30. Oh, wow. If that. Wow. And you guys are taking care of people's kids. Yeah, they're prized possessions. Hey, man, I feel good about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I-, I try to do kidnapping jokes. They don't fuck with those. <laughs> They're, they're like, where's this one kid? I'm like, I guess he got stolen. And they're like, don't. It's <laughs> like, fucking fine. He didn't. <laughs> That's every parent's fucking nightmare. Is their, their kid getting stolen? Their kid getting stolen or just not, you can't find your kid at camp anymore. I just watched this horror movie, this Fear Street. Have you seen this? Oh, I've been looking at the trailers. It was actually pretty good. There's, so there's three parts. I waited until the new one just came out. And the second movie is based at a summer camp. Spoiler alert, everybody fucking dies. <laughs> but, but just the idea of that kind of shit happening at a camp. I always think of that or like Jason or some shit whenever I think of summer camps. Oh, dude, yeah. I like I love slasher movies. Do you? I think they're so cool. They are. I love a good slasher movie. It. It has to be one. Of, it's terrifying to be in that situation. I think you can't get away, and you just have this lunatic who's walking towards you, or whatever. He just pops up out of every fucking corner. You're just trying to, you're trying to get some tail in the woods, and the next thing you know, you're fucking murdered in your sleeping bag. Yeah, dude, it's ridiculous, and it's better than ghost movies because ghosts aren't real. But you don't think so? Mur- no, dude. <laughs> they might be, bro. They're not. <laughs> well, they're spirits and shit, but they're not. They're not here fucking with us? No, they're doing cool ghost shit in the next dimension. Why do they give a fuck about this? <laughs> That's true. That's tr- Do you believe in aliens? D- who doesn't? Yeah, dude. I like a good alien. I am so excited for our official first contact. I think we've already made contact. We, our, our like public one, though. The public one? Yeah. Dude, I watched this documentary. I can't think of the name. I actually bought it. but uh, And they were talking about an encounter. I believe it was... In South Africa, and there was it was a it was a school, and like these kids were like in elementary school, and this was in, I want to say like the eighties or nineties or something like that, and it, this whole school made contact with this fucking alien ship, and it came down, and it was like these little people, little aliens that you think of, and they were communicating via 
brainwaves, I don't know what the fucking word, with these kids apparently. Telepathically? Telepathically with these kids. And then all of these years later, like in current times, they got together these same group of kids, now as adults, and they all shared the same story and had the same experience. All these years later. That's nuts. Wait, how big are these? Are they like this big, they said? Um, I I think they were like the size of the kids. So this okay. is like four, like like maybe like the size of Deja right there. Maybe a little shorter. Okay, dude, because if an alien came out to a child small enough, the kid would be like, can I pick it up? <laughs> I think it's the same size as, okay. as the child, at least in their encounter. I believe in them, dude. Is, that's what they say is that we're going to start to shrink again. I think because we don't need to be as big as we are anymore. Are we getting smaller? I I think I mean you can never predict evolution, but I think they said that's a possible trend. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe, dude, I don't know. I like the idea of aliens though. Dude, al- so aliens they have to be smarter than us. You think? They have to. Dude, if they're able to come to our planet, yes. Yeah. Which means they can travel at the speed of light or I don't even know how they'd get here because the earth it's so big. The universe is huge. Well, based off some of these encounters, from what I can tell, like, for example, are you familiar with, like, Bob Lazar? Yeah. And and and, and, and there's a Lieutenant Favor, who is an Air Force pilot, and some of these encounters, and they're talking about, like, like the Tic Tac sh- uh, ship and, and some of these ships that look like pyramids and shit, they have no, like, heat signature. You know how, like, with... There's with planes. There's there's a, a system of you know we're like shooting out fire this way and it propels the thing that way. So you have like a heat signature. There's like none of that going on with some of these ships, and they're moving from like fifty thousand feet down to like zero feet in matter of seconds. Yeah, they said it can make like ninety like sharp turns too. Yeah, crazy sharp turns. It's like what the fuck is that, dude? It's I mean what? So they have to be able to travel at such an insane speed without. An energy, like what, like the energy source that they're using isn't. What are they? Yeah, what are they using? It's it's beyond our capabilities and understanding. Uh, I mean, there's a chance they might. They probably have an element or some like some kind of renewable resource that mm-hmm. we don't have on our planet, right? For whatever reason. Yeah. But also, what what's bringing them here? What what's the interest in us? If they're doing so much better, or like, what if we're the first planet that they found? Could be. Maybe they're just studying us. It would kind of suck if we were the first planet they found. You think? I think we're interesting. If you could go to uh, another planet and there was just a lesser evolved form of yourself, wouldn't you want to watch it? Yeah. Well, that's all science is. is just watching shit evolve. That's it. We're just watching shit. Why would they not watch us? They should. They're, they're, like, they're like, holy shit, these guys can... Destroy their whole fucking planet. A lot of the sightings are near our, I think, our missile sites around the world. So do you think they're studying our missiles and Maybe. stuff like that? They could be. From my understanding, they're even able to disrupt our communication signals and even completely shut down some of those missile sites. So that way, like, if we wanted to launch in that moment, they couldn't. Good. I honestly, aliens should stop. Shut it all down. They, no, if aliens honestly came down and took all the nukes, that'd be out of pretty world, rad, dude. I would. I'd be, be really all for happy. that. Yeah. Why do we even have that? We shouldn't have nukes. It's fucking stupid. It only takes one lunatic 
to ruin it for the rest of us. Yeah, I heard a we had a substitute teacher one time who told us what I'm pretty sure is a fake story. Really? Wait, I'm gonna watch me get assassinated. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew was killed, ladies and gentlemen. He said uh, someone he knew worked on a military base where they had the nukes, and one of the nukes started going. Like, it started to launch oh, towards really? Russia. Oh, shit. And, but they said one guy grabbed an axe off the wall and just chopped the nuke up. And they said that, like, uh, the government gave him, like, free pass to, like, the top. Like, he got, like, a Medal of Honor in any job he wanted. Oh, really? Yeah, but it was, like, never documented because that would be really scary that our nukes could accidentally Almost launch. fuck up like that. So, I don't know if that story's true or not. It's but- possible. I don't put it past anything. I hope it's not. Dude, I, I don't ever want to be gullible where I just believe everything, but I don't ever take anything out of the realm of possibility. I'm just like, how probable is it? I feel like anything's possible. It just may not be probable. Yeah, and that's – a lot of people like to debate stuff that it doesn't – like Jesus, who it, gives a fuck? Yeah, even if I don't give a fuck, like who cares? Yeah. Yeah, we, we'll never know. We'll never know. Until we're dead. Hopefully we find out in the next life, but like – we're not going to know here, so why worry about it? Just be nice. Yeah, believe what you believe. You know, as aliens come down, please. I want that. Dude, I want the aliens so bad. <laughs> it, it would add so much uh, to our lives, I think. I, I, I feel like we're not too far away from a, a mass announcement of we've made contact. Yeah, it would be the right time because, our. I mean, we just entered our uh, – like there's like artistic periods mm-hmm. and we just entered a new artistic period being out of the pandemic. Oh really? Yeah. They said, uh, nine 11 to Corona was its own period of art. And mm. I think they're chopping it off at COVID because the, uh, the dread that we went through. Yeah. That's going to pivot a lot. Of, it's going to change the art scene drastically. So I think it would be a good time to introduce aliens, unless aliens really care about art and they want to see what we do with COVID. <laughs> We're definitely living in an interesting time, a time like none other, dude. I feel I don't know where we're headed or what's going to happen, but I think that we are in a time that we're going to look back and we're going to be like, man, this was a pivotal shift in the human story. Dude, y- yeah. Aliens would be aliens would be the perfect topper. <laughs> that yeah, that's like we start. That's going from Old Testament to New Testament, basically. Basically, yeah. It's uh, it's kind of like Marvel. They just opened up. I don't want to have you watch Loki. Yeah. Okay, so Marvel just opened up all these endless timelines. Yeah. It would be the same feeling of like, oh, there are other planets with possibilities now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about this new phase of Marvel. Dude, uh, yeah, after watching the end of Loki, I am actually excited now. Yeah. Were you not into Marvel very much before then? Oh, super fan, but uh, they do have a lot of stinkers, and I, I, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I appreciated for the story that they told. Right. It's not a rewatch, though. It's, yeah, I'm not going to rewatch that. WandaVision was okay, but again, Loki's by far the best show that they've put together so far. Yeah, the I mean the fifth episode of Loki is one of the coolest things Marvel's done. I agree. Uh, I I personally I told my friends I wanted an RPG based off of that end time thing mm. because you could put every Marvel IP from any Earth like cause they they show like Throg mm-hmm. in a scene so you could do all of that and you could put all the 
the the fuck up people in there. Yeah. So you could fight Iron Man's who like went off the timeline. Yeah, that'd and be could, interesting. It'd be a whole RPG, dude. That'd be cool. It'd be. I would love that. Yeah, that'd be fun. You get a lot of replay with that. Yeah, dude. Because uh, it'd be infinite possibilities. Yeah, I should really call Marvel about that. You should get them on the phone immediately. <laughs> dude, I, I mean, <laughs> I I don't say ideas unless I think it's a good idea. I think that's a great idea, especially if you really are into games like that. I mean, just to have that, that like, that option to to. There's so many different timelines. You could have so many different variants of these different characters. It'd be fucking wild. It'd be, and you could literally put any Marvel IP into that then. Yeah. Because you could have. Uh, it's could, such a massive universe. It is. I like when Marvel. Uh, I feel like Marvel ties in their Earth shit with their greater, like eternal shit, really easily. Mm-hmm. I don't like when DC does it. <laughs> like Dark Side, I don't give a shit. Yeah. <coughs> Do you play video games? Dude, not as much as I used to. I used to play video games a whole lot, and then I just. And I just don't have the time. I never. I remember whenever I was a kid, I would think to myself, "How do you not have time to play video games? Like, why would you not be playing video games?" But now I understand, man. I just once I started fighting, I just don't have the time. Yeah, and video games I do think are fun. They are a waste of time. Yeah, you don't really you don't really accomplish too much. You, you you get that sense of accomplishment. You're getting those dopamine hits because you are achieving goals on the thing. But once you turn it off, you haven't really actually progressed anywhere in the world. So I get my fix. My my brothers play games. And um, my one brother had, uh, like, the newest Spider-Man game. And, dude, that game was so fucking fun. So I just went and hung out with him for a weekend and probably killed, like, eight hours (laughs) just playing that game. That's why I can't do it anymore. I I love video games, but if I'm going to get into a video game, dude, it's going to become my life. Dude, I don't even watch TV shows for that reason. I'm like, all right, how many episodes does this show have? How many seasons? How how long is each episode? That's that's eight hours of my life. That's a big commitment. I have a fear of commitment, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> I can't just be committing to the show. Dude, that's what's keeping me off Sopranos right now. Oh, dude, it's a good one, though. I know. I'm. It's a good one. Halfway through season two, but oh. I'm looking at five more seasons. I know, man. I know. It's tough. Sometimes you just got to take the plunge, though, and just waste hours of your life. It gives you good material, though. That's the thing. Pop culture is so important for just – I can. I, I bet it's good for comedy, but just, like, relation to other people because that's, like, the one thing that so many other people can relate to. I didn't realize how important it was until I was listening to uh, Quentin Tarantino on Joe Rogan pretty recently, and he was talking about how his generation – how there were kids whose parents didn't allow them to watch TV and movie and stuff and movies because as a parent, you're like, oh, you don't need to be wasting your time on that shit, which I kind of feel that now because my kids are on TikTok and stuff. I'm like, oh, why the fuck are you just on TikTok all day? But I remember I spent lots of hours playing video games, lots of hours playing video games, like all day sometimes. And Quentin Tarantino's making the point how those kids end up when everybody was older and 
everybody else in their generation is is talking about these references, these TV shows, these movies, these games. These other kids kind of got left out of the conversation, so they don't have that connection with their generation almost. So I kind of try to strike that balance. Yeah, uh, there were uh, kids uh, I grew up with who were not allowed to watch SpongeBob. Oh, really? And And they were left out. They were ostracized when all the SpongeBob memes came out recently. (laughs) Yeah, you're like, what the fuck is this, right? Yeah, so... Pop culture is more important than I think people give credit to. It is. And here's the thing with TikTok, though, is I really, I do like TikTok. Yeah. Children should not be on TikTok. Why do you think that? Dude, it's it's an insanely adult app. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, like... How many videos I get where the joke is like I have a piss fetish, yeah, or like I it's like piss fetish tits really? all over it, and like good watch that, but like my five year old niece just got a phone, yeah, she's not allowed to have TikTok, yeah, I don't. So TikTok is that app that, from a algorithm standpoint, it's actually the the it's the best at creating a um like a like a personalized experience based off the the user so like you're getting those probably because they're really for you but i'm really worried about it especially because of how invasive the app is like how much information they're actually like it's all going directly i don't mean like it's really weird because i don't really it's like on the on the individual scale like who cares but then i'm like oh man china is stealing all of this information from me so it's like who gives a fuck if china's stealing my information from me but then on that same note i'm like man damn what is china doing with my information i don't know dude i I strike the balance ah fuck it you're like i don't give a shit i don't give a shit about china (laughs) i don't don't give a shit if they're taking my info because everything is everybody's stealing everything so i don't really i don't know if i should care about that but i'm told i should no, dude, here's the thing. When China invades, I'm fucking speaking Mandarin, so I, I don't care. <laughs> Converting over. Yeah, I don't know. But I don't really get on TikTok a whole lot, but you can get a crazy amount of reach on there. How else am I supposed to get famous? Dude, yeah, that's <laughs> – well, that's what happened with Vine was a bunch of people blew up on Vine, and yeah. now they're mediocre YouTubers. Yeah. But, like, the same thing will probably happen with TikTok. I don't know if the, if it'll get shut down the same way Vine did. Yeah, who knows? Because it's a, they have to be making money off of it because about every ten videos is a sponsored yeah thing. They're so. for sure making money. They're for sure making money. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of uh, of TikTok for my kids. It's a weird. It's a weird one though. You don't want to shut them out of what everybody else is doing. Uh, I feel like there's more kid friendly websites like twitch would be a better twitch is a good one yeah because i mean yeah my daughter likes twitch a lot they love watching kids play fucking fortnite and shit like that yeah dude that was the shit and uh uh pro tip most schools don't know about mixer which is xbox's uh thing they might have shut it down but uh that's a usually unblocked streaming site so Mm. you can watch shit at school Uh (laughs) <laughs> Pro tip for all the kids listening. Yeah, dude, you got to get the niche streaming services. Like, don't try to log on to Netflix at school. Get on like Paramount. Yeah. Do shit like that. Yeah, the ones that they haven't they haven't put into their their system yet. Yeah, they never even knew what Reddit was. So I was always on Reddit in school. Yeah, not everybody knows what Reddit is. Yeah, I I had to get off Reddit. Too mainstream. No, not too mainstream. It's too weird. Mm. It's it's a it's a social media app for antisocial people. Mm. There's no one, no one's a real person on Reddit. Really? Everyone's a username and an icon. Oh, okay. But like Twitter, it's me talking. Right. But on Reddit, fucking, you don't know who I am. 
That's true. I feel like on Twitter, I'm just speaking into an open room that nobody is actually there. <laughs> like, I'm just into the abyss. No one's actually ever going to see this. Well, actually, every tweet gets uh, it's documented in the Smithsonian. Really? Every tweet sent. Wow. So even the, t- the last tweet I sent was uh, Outcast walked so LMFAO could run. Mm. That was the last tweet I sent. That is in the history books now. But what? Who's gonna? Who's gonna pull that? Well, just, I'm, just so much data. Yeah, but I'm gonna say something wrong, and then they're <laughs> gonna start going through the archives. <laughs> Dude, there's a record of everything. That's almost scary. I think, from an individual standpoint, yeah. But again, you said that's a lot of shit to go through for every person. Yeah, they can't be saving 300 million people's information. There's like, there's no place to put all that. Why not? It's just data. It's data. How much data, though? Two, like two, like I have like a 64 gigabyte phone, and if yeah. everyone has that. It's just, dude, there are entire buildings just full of servers. All they do is just save shit. I, did, I watched Silicon Valley, and they had that, like, have you seen that show? Mm-mm. Oh, they have like an Amazon warehouse just full of, like, dude. servers. I used to work third shift i was a security guard for uh, enterprise and they have an it facility out here in weldon springs missouri and it's just it's not like a massive building but it's a good sized building and yeah dude like in the basement and in the fucking on the first floor just this whole office building just oh, nothing but servers nothing and dude that that fucking the concrete like uh basement like the the infrastructure of that was was put in so that way that place could withstand like a massive like F five hurt like a tornado type shit. Oh, like it would just bounce. The tornado would just bounce off the building, basically. Yeah, yeah. Because because the data is so valuable. Data. I I almost wonder is data the most valuable thing that we have on this planet currently? I mean, isn't just data the preservation of the past? Yes, yes. But we are we are saving data of is of more is is more than just historical data of like events and and shit that happened like we're saving data like you go to a fucking website and say all right Andrew looked at this he he clicked on this he was on this page for this amount of time he searched this he you know what i'm saying like they're looking at where your eyes are going they're looking at how long you're on shit they're looking at all of this stuff that's more than just this this more than just in, in 1862 <laughs> this motherfucker went and chopped down a cherry tree or some shit. Yeah, that is true because uh, Zoom or like proctored exams have they how many times your eyes even go off the screen? Exactly, dude. I don't like that one bit. The amount of data that we're collecting is insane, which then influences everything. Yeah, I mean, I feel like most of it is just to sell us shit better, though. That's all it is, just to make better consumers. And here's the thing. I don't know if this is a bit that's been done before, but like, sell me the shit I want to buy. <laughs> yeah, good. I use that information. Yeah, use. I want the best boxing gloves or whatever I'm into this week. That's true. That's true. I want to help Jeff Bezos go to the moon. Dude, I wish he died today. I was so pissed. <laughs> I was. I know everyone wanted him to die. Did they? Dude, yeah, everyone on Twitter wanted him to die. Oh wow. I wanted him to die. I would have felt bad for that Norwegian kid, but I'm not mad at Jeff Bezos. You like him? It's not that I like him. One, I do like winners. I love winners. Like for Tom Brady, I fucking love Tom Brady, dude. Not because I love 
like the Patriots or anything like that. I just like winners, and if people want to hate on winners, then hey, fuck you. Like <laughs> that that's just a part of me how I feel. But there's a lot. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot about Jeff Bezos that I don't like. I feel like he's taken advantage of tax code, and he does a lot of shit that he shouldn't be doing and he's just he's just playing this fucking like bro how much money do you need bro like how much money do you really fucking need essentially money's not real anyway really i mean we 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 trade in so much digital currency it's just it's just numbers in the system and some people were just like you know what man as a collective society we are going to allow you to do whatever it is that you want to do that's that's all it is it's like hey jay-z you're fucking great at rapping so guess what you can do whatever you want to do you're great you're a great rapper you can do whatever you want to do that's what we fucking do as a society so i don't hate on him for winning the game but i i there are certain aspects where i'm just like man dude you could be doing more. Like, you're not paying your fair share in taxes. Don't try to fucking act like you are. Like, you're not. And I understand that the rules and regulations allow these guys, whether it's, like, Bezos or Elon Musk or any any billionaire who's running some sort of hedge fund, like, we allow them to take advantage of the system and just operate at the level they're operating at. So, mixed feelings, I guess, is my answer. All that to say I feel mixed feelings. Yeah, I mean, if uh, – I, I mean, I don't. Uh, I don't personally like Jeff Bezos. Also, he's manipulating a bunch of recent shit that's happened in politics in like the last thirty years, where dude, it's like it's destabilized. F- it's so fucked up, dude. So I don't. Uh, it, what did I? Uh, yeah, I just fuck him. I don't. Fuck, <laughs> he has more money than me. Fuck it. <laughs> I know, dude. I, I, I know. I get it. Because if he listen, if someone gave me a million dollars, I would stretch that for. 10, 15 years at least and live an amazing life. Yeah. So you don't need $181 billion. Yeah, the the amount of money that the guy has and it's just when you start doing everything you can just to to squeeze pennies. I mean, for these guys, it's more than pennies on scale, but the, our government is nothing but a, a big corporation, and then these guys just fuck over the masses because it's just a statistic. Like, you and I are just a statistic to him. Like, he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, we are. Uh, what did Tim Dillon's like? He just looks at you like your ants running across the street. He's yeah. Like, I'll burn all you down. Yeah. <laughs> Means to a fucking end. So, yeah, I don't know. I have mixed feelings and all that shit, man. Uh, he also has an extremely punchable face. <laughs> <laughs> he looks so smug all the time. Yeah. That guy, from my understanding, he was a probably pretty big dork, real scrawny guy growing up, and then now he's, like, fucking jacked, and he's just taking over the world. I'm sure he has some sort of complex where he has to conquer everything. He might. He probably gets the baddest prostitutes, too. <laughs> like, how many NDAs have girls signed because they had to ride Jeff Bezos? All of them. Every single one has to sign an NDA. True, because so many would be coming out. I mean, they almost fucking murdered Stormy Daniels when she broke her NDA. Really? Well, I don't think they almost murdered her, but I think it would have been cute if they did. <laughs> Damn, dude. That's some next level shit when you got to make people sign paperwork. It is. You need to sign a contract. Sorry, I didn't mean to go, <laughs> That's I didn't true. Need to go metal. That's true. Yeah, it is true. I made you sign. <laughs> yeah, a release. You're I like know. this fucking douchebag over here. And you're like, all right, give me one of your kidneys now. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah, bro. Joke's on you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, I don't know. I, what if all those prostitutes that are fucking Jeff Bezos just went up, like all 100 of them were just like, hey, this guy's a weirdo. Because they could do that. You can't sue 100 women. He could. He could. I don't think he would. 
<laughs> I, I think if a hundred women came out and said something, he would be like, there's nothing I can do. That he's just a weirdo? Yeah. But or, he didn't do anything illegal. He was just being weird. He's just a weirdo. Oh. But that's not going to do anything for him. Uh, Here's the thing. We exist in a meme economy. So if you can meme Jeff Bezos into obscurity, I think that would be the way to do it. You have to – because it was the whole like Trump piss thing for a while. That was like the big Trump meme. If Jeff Bezos likes to get shit on, I mean he's done for. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, uh, Gun Girl, uh, the, the whole she pooped her pants thing. Mm-hmm. She can't go anywhere now because everyone shields poopy pants at her. <laughs> yeah, but does she have as much money as Jeff Bezos? Is the question. No, she's doing fine though. She works for Alex Jones. Look, oh. You can meme someone into obscurity for sure. Yeah. Uh, Cosby happened to him. Yeah, yeah. His saga is still being told. Yeah, I don't he, know why. He just got out of jail. Why did he get out? Something I don't know. To be honest with you. See, here's the thing. I just I look at shit in the peripheral, just so I can get an idea of what's going on, so then I can then talk about it later. Very uninformed. That's what happens. Yeah, I read a Twitter headline and then I form an opinion. <laughs> That's the way you should do it. <laughs> who needs Who needs all the facts? Here, here's like uh, you don't. Here's the thing with like like a Cosby situation. You don't need the facts on that. That dude sucks. Yeah, he's just a douchebag. Yeah, <laughs> is that the word for it? <laughs> I'm a douchebag. Bill Cosby's much worse. He's a piece of shit. Yeah, I don't know what the word is. Uh just a comic. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Uh, I hope uh. he uh. Can you imagine he like walks into like the comedy store tomorrow and then it's just like Bill. <laughs> Welcome back, Bill. Welcome back, buddy. Yeah, right. People are gonna kick him in his balls. Yeah. He's he's gotta be one of the last seventies comedians around. Maybe. I think so. I don't think he even has like a good group of friends at this point. I don't think he has any friends. You can't have friends after you get outed for fifty women. Maybe like one or two women, you might have like your good drinking buddy yeah. stick around. Have you ever heard any of the stories about where just how smug of a guy he was and like just the weird shit he used to make people do? Where like he'd have people watch him eat, and he and, or or he would he would just judge people's comedy because they weren't clean enough. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. He. I think uh, Eddie Murphy has a story where Eddie, where uh, Bill Cosby calls him and is like, "What the fuck was that?" Yeah. Talking about his raw special. Exactly. One so, of the greatest specials ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, no, I have heard things about that. Where Meanwhile, he would, he's just raping women. He's just raping women. Left right. He's like, "What's up with all the fucks?" <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Fuck that guy, dude. Yeah, he sucks. He'll never touch a stage again. No. No. I, I, I hope he dies tomorrow. That's I, I like it. You're never supposed to wish death on someone, but someone can do something so fucked up where you can, like, I hope they die. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. My ex-wife. I'm just kidding, guys. Oh, fuck. Dude, listen, Andrew, we're coming up on two hours, dude. Um, oh, shit, are we? Yeah, man. I really appreciate you you doing this. I went way over on your time. No, I? you didn't. You're we're chilling. <laughs> I appreciate it, dude. Um, is there anything you wanted to like direct the people towards or anything like that or leave the people with? Oh yeah, uh, I am on Twitter at Andrew Gaffigan, Instagram uh, at Andrew Gaffigan, 
And within the next week or two, I will be launching my own podcast. Oh, sick. What's that going to be called? It is called Happy Idiots uh, with me and Megan Phelps. Oh, awesome. Megan Phelps is a local St. Louis artist who does commission work. If uh, you guys want to check her stuff out, she's really, really good. Oh, nice. She paints and stuff? Yeah. uh, I know a lot of my friends recently have been going to her for uh, portraits of their pets to get painted. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Sick. Big shout out to Megan. Okay, cool, man. Yeah, um, so that's going to be dropping soon? Yeah, we got the uh, first episode ready to get posted. I think we're just waiting on the cover art to be done, and then we're good to go. Is that just going to be you guys just uh, kind of bouncing off each other? Are you going to have guests? What's kind of the format of that? Are you guys just kind of figuring it out as you're going right now? Uh, We're going to have – we're going to go both. We're going to have episodes where it's just us and – what we're going to try to do is keep a small group of friends on there. We don't want to do a new guest every week, so mm-hmm. we'll have uh, we'll have our comic friends come on, and we'll, yeah. talk, we'll shoot the shit with them. Oh, nice. Well, dude, that's exciting. I'm waiting. I'll be glad to see that drop. Oh, thanks, man. Give it like two, three years. It'll be a fucking mediocre show. <laughs> Just That's all you need is two or three years. <laughs> Dope. Andrew, dude, thanks again, my man. Hey, man, thanks for having me. This was a blast. Yeah, dude, we'll do it again for sure. Oh, yeah. All right, everybody, till next time. Guys, thank you. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. That was so much fun. I know I did. If you are getting value out of the show, again, do me a favor. Just tell a friend, bring us one friend, leave a rating review on Apple Podcasts. That helps the show become more discoverable. But all I ask is that if you're getting value out of the show, if you are seeing things in a different light, if you're laughing, whatever the case may be, you're just being entertained, just bring us one friend per episode. So go tell a friend, help us grow this thing. I can't do this without you. It truly means the world to us. And then also, big thank you goes out to our sponsor, St. Louis Deck and Fence. Go to stldeckandfence.com and check these guys out or give them a call, 618-670-4531. If you're local to the St. Louis area, Give these guys a call if you're in the need for a deck or a fence. They are doing amazing work. I've had them out to my house. You will be happy that you gave them a call. I guarantee it. They're producing high-quality decks and fences. They're hands-on. They're friendly. They're going to help you bring your idea to life and build you the most badass fucking deck. In fact, you know what you should do? You should have them build you a big-ass wooden fort so you can have awesome uh fights with your neighbors and just pillage these no i'm just kidding um hit them up whatever your idea is though for a deck or a fence they're going to be able to bring it to life it's going to be beautifully crafted it's going to be well made you'll be happy that you did go to stldeckandfence.com or give them a call 618-670-4531 again let them know that i sent you that's all i have for this week For this episode, we will be back soon with another awesome guest. I'm very excited. This was episode 199. We're coming up on episode 200. Ah, We're hitting landmarks. We'll be back soon, guys. I love you. Bye. Just keep being awesome humans. Mwah.